It's time for the August, August, time for the October 8th, 2021 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, an interpretive guide to the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting from the campus of the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And as always... <laughs> the first to oppose the filibuster carve out, <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. Yeah, Mahler. Good boy. Yeah, good boy. Let it air yeah. out, Mahler. Air it out. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about electrical charging roads. Can you imagine that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, brain pacemakers, the clown shortage. Google Fire, psychedelics. What? The Huntington Beach oil leak, bumblebees, the Pandora Papers, and more. But first, a big hello. And thanks <laughs> to Dawi, Kat, and uh, Tyrion. There are uh, Belgian listeners. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, thank yeah. you. They're listening all the way from Belgium. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much yes. for the kind words. Yes. And the enthusiasm, your support, and yes. all that. Yes. They're way across the sea, Mike. Yes. And I, I, I think they're in bed. They, they said they usually listen in bed. Yes. Yeah. I think they must uh, listen to the podcast, uh, podcast yeah, because they, they say uh, on Sunday morning. Yeah. They actually were so excited about the show yeah. being on for the first time in... Yeah. It's been like nine years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Last week that they listened on Saturday. They broke with tradition. <laughs> well, there you go. And we thank you so much. Thank you. Because as far as we know, you're the only people that are <laughs> You may be the only people listening. <laughs> so think of the show as yeah. dedicated to you for you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right, Mahler. Yeah. Mahler says <laughs> hi to Tyrion, too. That's their little beagle. Oh, yeah. there you go. From the New York Times, according to new research, there is a draconian parasite that turns plants into zombies. Plants, you got your plant. Yeah. And this parasite turns them into zombies. Aster yellow's phytoplasma is the name of this parasite. And it creates a never-ending cycle of Night of the Living Dead meets Dracula in the plant world. Really? Yeah. Once a plant is infected with Aster yellow's phytoplasma, it leaves its leaves take an, on odd shapes. They're doing something strange. Its, its stems form a bushy structure called a witch's broom, and it may grow flowers that do not produce seeds. Wow. And it lives longer than its infected neighbors in a state of perpetual adolescence. This is a recent discovery? This yeah, is a so, recent Yeah, they've virus done or? research on this. I'm sure they knew about maybe the the effect of this, but now they know a little bit more what's going on in it, and this plant is taken over like a zombie. God. It's something like a mix between a vampire that never ages and a, zombie's, a zombie host whose body ser serves the needs of sap-sucking insects to feast on the plant's fluids as long as possible. Wow. So you got this plant that just kind of static and stays around forever, but it doesn't do any plant things. It's just food. I, I, my, my interest is... Knowing if this is a recently, neither has it been around, yeah, and we just it's, found it, or or as far as I know, it's been around, okay. and we've just uh, found out what's going on here. 
because I have this fear that this na is, that nature is fighting back. Yeah, and this is the first. Thing. And this is the opening salvo. Yeah, right. Just the plants. Just Next, the, plant. yeah. the humans. It's right. Well, we already know about zombie uh, people. We we, we work with uh, some of them. <laughs> When the insects ingest the parasite, so you got these insects flying around, they're chewing on the plant, yeah. which they ingest the parasite and it spreads to new hosts. And that's the whole Night of the Living Dead uh, meets Dracula cycle oh. repetition. That's how it keeps going there. Wow. That's just scary stuff. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Very scary. <laughs> Very scary. Not even your poop can bring those plants back oh, to life. Is it always about his poop? Well, because he's really proficient. Proficient. Uh, proficient. Proficient and prolific, I meant to say, yeah. He's proactive. He's too. proactive as well. From the Seattle Times, what's happening there? I don't know. I touched my microphone, <laughs> yeah. and that's not a euphemism, okay? So. From the Seattle Times, a test case for a cure for extreme depression, depression had outstanding results using what's called a pacemaker for the brain. This is a good story. This is this a good story. I can story. tell already. A 38-year-old patient who we'll call Sarah. Actually, I think that's her real name. Okay. But she didn't want to give her last name because she just wants some privacy. Yeah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> anyway, the 38-year-old patient was suicidal and living with her parents after her doctors considered it unsafe for her to live at home. Alone. No longer uh, considered it safe for her to live alone. Yeah. As opposed to living with her parents. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They wanted her to live with her parents. Yeah. I think we worked this out now. <laughs> <laughs> no longer able to function at work, she quit her health technology job. She tried nearly every treatment, roughly 20 medications, months in a hospital day program, electroconvulsive therapy, and transcranial magnetic stimulation. That's really going at it there. My God. But as... With nearly one-third of the more than 250 million people with depression worldwide, her symptoms persisted. Then Sarah became the first participant in an unusual study of an experimental therapy. Now her depression is so manageable that she's taking data anal analysis classes, has moved to her own place, and even takes care of her mother now, who fell during this whole episode oh, here. Within weeks, the suicidal thoughts just disappeared, said Sarah. Then it was a gradual process where it was my, like my lens on the world changed. This is great. Researchers at the University of California, San Francisco, surgically implanted a battery-operated matchbook-sized device in Sarah's brain. Wow. Yeah. Wow. A pacemaker for the brain, calibrated to detect the neural activity pattern that occurs when she's becoming depressed. It then delivers pulses of electrical stimulation to stave off depression. Just like a pacemaker mm -hmm. would do to your heart to keep it going there. Just days after Sarah's device was fully operational in August of 2020, her score on a standard depression scale, I don't know how that works, dropped from 214 from 33. So it cut more than half. God. And then several months later, it fell below 10, which is pretty much signals remission. And it, yeah. She's out of the depression zone. Yeah. I guess we're all a little depressed. Everybody, even if they're below <laughs> 10. I was say, yeah. if you're not depressed once <laughs> in a while, you're, you're not paying attention. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, good on her and good yeah. on this research. And this is the world we are living in now. Yeah. The, the good and the bad. This certainly sounds like the good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mahler. From Grist. 
Grist. Grist. You ever read Grist? I do. It's a good yeah, yeah, environmental yeah. magazine, online yeah. magazine. Yeah. To help Michigan reach its goal of carbon neutrality by 2050, Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah. You remember her with I all do. the fuss about yeah. her doing String the her up. Yeah. <laughs> it, th that was uh, going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I we I don't want to go into a digression here, but it, yeah, oh, oh, these yeah. these these militias, these Michigan militias, apparently they're a breed unto themselves, and were prepared to implement a plan to kidnap her, put her on trial, yeah. and execute her. I don't think the whole trial thing was real for you know any sense of justice. Now, what exactly was her crime? Her crime was she was I think this was around the voting had to do in Michigan voting, and her. Attorney General or the com Commissioner of the of uh, the elections certified the election. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was about. Shame on her. And she did other things that yeah, was were, were, were that, not yeah. conservative enough for them. Yeah, and they showed up at a rally with AK-47s yeah. and marching around, waving him, went inside the Capitol. Anyway, yeah. Whitmer that, announced... That, that Whitmer. Whitmer announced that Michigan will construct the nation's first wireless electric vehicle charging road, a one-mile stretch in the metro Detroit area. Here's how it would work, in case you're wondering. It's, you know, you just don't plug your car into a, a, a socket that travels along the road with you. As a road, as a car drives over the road, the vehicle's battery is charged by pads or coils built under the surface of the street using magnetic induction. They do that with trains. Yeah. Right? right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't give the car a full charge, but it helps add some additional mileage before its next complete powering up. Yeah. In other words, you could probably, I don't know how exactly how it would work, but you could probably drive almost forever on these roads yeah. to keep it at a, at a level state in your battery. But don't get too excited, Mike. I can what are we looking at? Really what, are, yeah, what are we looking at? Twenty sixty before this thing is. <laughs> no, the project okay. is still in its very early stages, yeah. though. It's unknown exactly where the road will be, what it will look like, the precise cost, or how soon it could be operational. And some folks are questioning whether the project is worth it. Making new cars compatible with a wireless charging road that tax on thousands of dollars to the cost of the vehicle. Well, right now it yeah, would. And yeah, and that's what I'm thinking yeah, too. They're yeah. saying, well, you know, nobody will want to spend the money, but if this really uh, does make it possible for you to travel almost forever. Yeah. You know, if you can drive to work every day without ever charging up. Yeah. Provided you have this road underneath you, and that's the plan here, Metro Detroit area. Well, or it's vehicles, it's buses, it's cabs, it's whatever right, transportation right, you have. Right. And current electrical vehicles would not be able to utilize the new road without purchasing an aftermarket receiver. Well, duh. Yeah. But okay. we're looking for the future here. Yeah, and, and this is a game changer. By the way, if you want to see the end of oil in our society, this I do. is, and I do too, and certainly there'll be other uses for petroleum, like making plastic that, so we can clog up the oceans, but there, this is this is phenomenal. And you want to talk about creating jobs and opportunities and infrastructure, improving the way of life that we live. You and want to talk about Let's jobs. talk. I mean, jobs. I mean, really. Can you imagine, not every road, but imagine almost the major highways let's that's, put it that's where you start you yeah. start on the yeah. roads that are have the most traffic or that would benefit the most by this and the federal interstate system right yeah. that's where you start you got the government to fund the feds to come up with the money and how about it, my route here to kuci can we do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know Oh, Mahler. Maybe maybe he could Mahler get his, just got it. He yeah. maybe his little 
pads on his feet could get electric. Oh. Yeah, it would be like he would, <laughs> That's what I'm wondering about. It would be like jetpacks for, yeah. for, <laughs> for his little feet. Okay. Google Maps. You know, you ever use Google Maps, Mike? I do. Yeah. You know how they have those different layers? You have traffic layer and you have... I don't know, um, the food layer. Oh, you can see the topography. You yeah, can see yeah. all kinds. Of, well, see, they're going to have yeah. a fire layer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. It'll let you view the exact boundaries of a wildfire just as easily as you look up traffic reports. Good. That's well, kind of scary. It is scary. Yeah. This is a new normal, and we are living now yeah. what I call the age of fire. Uh, and, and The we pyrocene. Might, the pyrocene. Yeah, we uh, are pyrocene. Exactly. Uh, yeah. If this news makes you uneasy, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to lift your spirits? Yes. Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. <laughs> 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 that is an enthusiastic call to arms by by uh, our good friend. Yes. From Forbes. Yes. You heard of Forbes, right? I do. Malcolm Steve, Forbes. And Steve Forbes. Yeah. Ran for president. Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm. Right. He was a motorcycle riding billionaire. He's just a man of the people out there. Remember yeah. that? The whole thing with the leather jacket and right. Wasn't around. he the guy that said uh, he would die with the most toys wins? Yeah, something. If like he that. is if he did say that I think he screw did. you, yeah, Malcolm screw Ford. Him. Yeah. And when I heard that, I thought, God. Yeah. That is, really? That is the that, mentality. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is when you get rich, and that's well, not then enough. Well, I think that's the drive. And that's not enough. To get to rich. Yeah. Yeah. You but then you're there. The more and I then, get, the yeah. more I get, the more I get, the more I get. The famous uh, supposed deathbed comment that was made by the original Rockefeller whoever that I forgot the JD or whoever it was how that hurts he said <laughs> he said damn I am going to hell yeah. no uh, it's uh, he said um, that uh, they asked him what well, you know what would you if you could have one more thing in your life what, what would it be you're ultra wealthy and all the rest of it and he said one more dollar really not supposed oh, to what a sweet guy yeah nice hope you're burning hell I'm kidding from Forbes there's a clown shortage in Northern Ireland this just sounded like a silly story, but I thought I'd bring it up. David Duffy, a co-owner of Duffy's Circus. You've heard of Duffy's, oh, right? Oh, God, yes. Is appealing for people from Northern Ireland to become clowns. Apparently, when COVID hit and circuses were shut down, clowns working in Northern Ireland left the country and have not returned. So, like, there's a complete clown shortage in Ooh, Northern well, Ireland. I want to know where they went. I mean, they went over to the mainland. There they, did they, I'm wondering, in, like, where there's a whole cluster, a it, whole colony of clowns just <laughs> running around, yeah. causing trouble. Because clown. those clowns, clowns cause trouble. Let's just be honest. Clownsylvania <laughs> is where they went. That's where they are. Yeah. So if you're a clown looking for work, yeah. two words Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Yeah. They thought they had the troubles before. Well, wait till they get back. Okay, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Yeah, clowns, 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 clowns. clowns. From the Sacramento Bee. Mm -hmm. The California State Fair will hold its first marijuana competition next year. Ooh, California State Fair. Whoa. It's going to be, they'll be judging the finest flower in California. The contest will be open to all licensed cannabis cultivators in the state. 
Entrance will be divided into three divisions, indoor, mixed light, and outdoor. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Judges will evaluate the cannabis flower. That's my job. <laughs> how, how did the judges last pass the first round? I want to yeah. know, like, yeah. after the well, first that's round. A, I'm, right now, I'm kind of petitioning <laughs> you to in, be a judge. Are you in training right now for the, <laughs> yeah. the judgeship? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Well, that's fairly good, <laughs> but... Just a little. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Ah. <laughs> anyway, judges will. <laughs> I can. I be the judge. Wait. I need one. I need one more hit. I just. I just need one more. Yeah. Hit. Yeah. I can't. I, it's. A, it's a tie right now. <laughs> Not right now, I can't really make a one. I just need yeah, a little more. <laughs> judges will evaluate the cannabis flower with seven individual cannabis plant compounds being tested and identified for awards. That includes two cannabinoids. CBD and THC. Well, I'm, I'll leave the CBD for the yeah. more experienced folks. I, I'm just going with a straight THC. And five terpenes, which are naturally occurring aromatic compounds that give the plant its characteristic smell and which are a source of plant essential oils and resins. Oh, that sounds good. The California State Fair will hand out 77 bronze, silver, gold, and double gold. <laughs> double gold. What the hell's with that? You know, like gold isn't good enough. <laughs> Double gold medals to the winners, as well as seven golden bear trophies Ooh. for the best in California yeah. in each category. And a participation award to everyone who got high. Every, yeah. that's a, everyone gets a ribbon. That's, that yeah, well, is, I like, well, that's, that's so the tag. Good. You yeah. know, I, I just think this will be the thing. They'll be up on the podium and the stage. They're handing out the, the awards for the golden bear and the, all the rest yeah. of it and they'll get to the end and go and they'll go uh did we give out the award? uh did you get an award uh, uh i can't i don't think i go oh, whatever we'll from a, louder uh, online music magazine louder yeah louder louder levels of illegal drugs found running through a river in glattensbury music at the glattensbury music festival that's site. a big that's a big fist yeah. festival in England are so high mm -hmm. the levels of illegal drugs in the water they could harm wildlife scientists have warned yeah this isn't any good be it's, responsible it's, kids yeah. come on well they don't know don't they're, urinate they're, yeah <laughs> yeah that's the deal you know they're, they're thinking they're out in nature and where else yeah. do you pee yeah. well you pee against a tree really is what yeah. you do there's a reason dogs do so that you don't see a dog I'd do you? assume that's you don't most see Mahler no Mahler going he, down. he's a responsible yeah, peer yeah, yeah. he's yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Show us, Mom. No, d yeah. I mean, I assume this is pot, right? The no, drug? no, cocaine and ecstasy oh, well, never were mind. found at all sample sites. Concentrations and mass loads were significantly Damn higher them. in the White Lake site downstream from the festival. MDMA mass loads were 104 times greater. Damn them. And cocaine mass loads were 40 times higher downstream in comparison with upstream sites. Illicit drug contamination from public urination happens at every music festival, said an official. Unfortunately, Glattenboro's festival close proximity to a river results in many drugs released by festival attendees having little time to degrade in the soil before entering the fragile freshwater ecosystem. Oh, that sucks. So, yeah, you, you, if you got to pee in your... You're coking it up yeah. or something. Jesus. Go away from the river and yeah. find a tree. Yeah. The amount of MDA found in the water was deemed harmful to aquatic life, and a study in 2018 found that traces of cocaine in river water caused eels to suffer muscle wastage, 
impaired gills and hormonal changes. Wow. The White Lake River is home to the European eel, which is a protected species. We got to keep eel power. Don't do coke. Yeah, Stop how about it. that? Yeah, yeah how about that? that? Because it's not even coke. It's whatever. I don't even want to go down this road, but uh, yeah, those are bad drugs. Meanwhile, yeah. from Marijuana Moment, we got a little drug section here in we this do. one. Marijuana Moment, that's an online magazine. This is a decent story, too. Seattle became the largest U.S. city to decriminalize psychedelics. Arcata, California just decriminalized uh, last week, too. Okay. But you kind of expect it from them. They're in Humboldt. Okay. I guess you expect it from Seattle, too, but that's a big city. Yeah. Seattle City Council approved a resolution to decriminalize non-commercial activity around a wide range of psychedelic substances, including the cultivation and sharing of psilocybin mushrooms, ayahuasca, ibogaine, and non-peyote-derived mescaline. Yeah. The landmark measure extends what is already Seattle, the Seattle city, city policy not to arrest or prosecute people for personal drug possession and to further protect the cultivation and sharing of psychedelic plants and fungi for religious, spiritual healing or personal growth practices. The legislation was passed by a unanimous vote. Unanimous. Everybody okay. on the council. Hold on. These non-addictive natural substances have real potential in clinical and therapeutic settings to make a really significant difference in people's lives, council member Andrew Lewis, who introduced the resolution, said before the vote. You doing something there, Mike? Just uh, making a reservation on Air Alaska. Oh, Air Alaska. Yeah. Why Alaska? This is in Seattle. I'm just telling you, I, I know how to get there, okay? Well, I'm, I'm I'm just, <laughs> hello? Air Alaska will hello? drop you down. They'll, Are you gonna parachute? They'll into drop Seattle? me off. They'll, I'll be like the the, yeah. the the bomber guy that yeah. did jump out of the plane. You'll be just like him, except remember to D wear a parachute. DV Cooper. I'll be yeah. DV Cooper. No, no, they 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 land in Seattle. I've I've flown from oh, really? using Air Alaska. Yeah. By the way, a little shout out to Air Alaska. They've always been good to me. DB Casper. We'll DB Casper. By the way, you're flying into Santa Rosa, which yeah. is where I usually fly into. By the way, in case you want to meet me there, uh -huh. um, they give you a, a glass of wine. Well, bless their hearts. Just say here, because yeah. you're heading to wine country, here's <laughs> yeah. some wine, get yeah. you started. And if you buy a couple of cases, yeah, they don't charge you for uh, bringing them on the plane. Just well, so they know. should start rolling the uh, Golden Bear uh, Award winner. Yeah. The Golden Bear Award winner. You, you did something because you're screwing around with your microphone. You're not on, are you? No. There you go. No. Oh, it's up here. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, we got a bad wire here. You gonna be all right, mate? I think so. There yeah, we there go. go. I won't do anything like that again. But that's bad. bad. Yeah, that's bad. This is KCI, and we need your help. Boy, do go, we ever! Go to KCI.org and donate hundreds of thousands of dollars if you can reasonably afford it. Yeah, <clears throat> and I just so you know, I'm the I'm the agent that will take your money no, and make my, sure it gets no, to the my. right place. The big news from Southern California this week is the Huntington Beach oil leak. Yeah. Now we're all talking about that, and it sucks. Crews raced Sunday, last Sunday, to contain the damage from a major oil spill off the Orange County coast that left crude spoiling, crude spoiling beaches, killing fish and birds, and threatening local wetlands. Uh, the spill, first reported Saturday, originated from a pipeline off the coast of Huntington Beach connected to an offshore oil platform known as Ellie. Oil from the spill infiltrated Talbert Marsh, that's a shame there. The 25-acre ecological reserve in Huntington Beach that is home to dozens of species of birds. 
A commercial ship may have caused the pipeline rupture by dropping its anchor in the wrong place. And this, if that's true, then all these ships that have been uh, parked Park, out yeah, yeah. Uh, outside of Long Beach and, and uh, LA Harbor areas, that that's what's going on here. We don't have the supply chain moving. The right. ships are parking offshore. They're dropping anchor in places they never dropped it before. And we assume that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, By the way, an important part of what you just said in that story, and that is when it was reported, apparently there are there are other reports yeah. that say they waited quite a long time before they reported yeah. the leak. And, Even if the immediate cause turns out to have been the ship's anchor, that doesn't mean government agencies are off the hook for lax oversight and slow response. State and federal agencies originally downplayed the spill and didn't start notifying elected officials until Saturday afternoon, yeah. even though they had a strong indication of oil on the water Friday night. The Federal Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement is supposed to prevent oil spills. I mean, that's their task. But it's wildly underfunded, and the Trump administration undercut its enforcement capacity. Yeah, of course they did. Federal regulators say it knew about a possible leak around 2.30 a.m. Saturday, but didn't shut off the pipeline until four hours later. And Amplify Energy, the company that owns the pipeline and oil platform, may be at fault, too. They emerged from bankruptcy just four years ago and had a long record of regulatory violations. And the problem is now is with the oil consumption going down, that the bigger companies who know what they're doing are selling off these rigs. Mm -hmm. And that's where Amplify came in. They exactly. buy it and they don't have the structure that the bigger companies do. That, not to say that that's the reason this happened, but there's a danger of this happening in the future when they keep selling off rigs like this. They're old. Yeah. Nobody wants to fix them up, especially so, the person that just bought it. Yeah, so these kind of uh, vulture capital yeah. kind of plate companies come in, buy them up, suck them dry, basically get all they can out of it, and then mm. they walk away. Uh, you know, Californians have been opposed to offshore drilling since the Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara the, yeah. the 70 Union oil uh, spill in, in Santa Barbara, and that was 35, 40 years ago. Yeah. And why we still have it is is mostly, I think, I may be wrong, but mostly I think has to do with the federal government uh, allowing the the offshore drilling, but not a, yeah. not something that the California the people of California want to see anymore. No, not at all. Oh, and by the way, just to add insult to injury, Huntington Beach's high school's team name is the Oilers. Oilers yeah. yeah, that's right. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. On our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com. On Twitter at ins and Instagram at KUCI FM. And on the web at KUCI.org. The American Bumblebee. You hear about that guy, right? The uh, Bombus Pennsylvanicus. Can you say that on the radio? I didn't Bumble. realize that they had loosened the rules on that kind of thing. But go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to scratch my Pennsylvanicus right <laughs> well, there now. There you go. Uh, once abundant, this little bum bumblebee, and found lazily floating around in grasslands, open prairies, and some urban areas throughout the United States, they now face a rapidly declining population. According to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the species population has dropped nearly 90% and could qualify for protection under the Endangered Species Act. You would think with all this going on with bees and how important they are, right. so obviously important that they'd already be an endangered species, 
named one. Despite dwindling population numbers, the American bumblebee is not protected in any state or by federal law. American bumblebees are a vital pollinator for wildflowers and crops, and their decline could have severe consequences for the environment. We talk about that all the time. We have talked about bees ad, ad nauseum on this program, but I will just say that- <laughs> I'm sick of talking about No, bees. I love talking about bees. No, I could talk about well, them all day. Well, ad nauseum, Mike. I'm well, maybe that was the wrong way to Yeah, word. yeah. But that I have a feeling that yeah. I can't confirm that a, a lot of environmental regulations and a lot of decline in species- will be a direct impact of four years of the Trump administration being in charge. That yeah. that lapse of any sort of regulatory oversight yeah. or enforcement is going to have consequences. Yeah. It's going to take a while to get back at it again. Exactly. At, 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 in my opinion, the worst possible time that we could be taking our foot off the pedal in terms of regulating industries, especially polluting industries, and not moving forward with renewable energy sources, it could not have happened at a worse time, the, the Trump administration. Uh, according to a Los Angeles Times analysis, extreme heat is one of the deadliest consequences of global, global warming. The silent killer. Yeah, they had a big big section on it. I think it was in yesterday's paper. Yeah. But in a state that prides itself as a climate leader, that would be us, California, chronically, we chronically undercount the death toll and have fallen, have failed to address the growing threat of heat-related illness and death. Between 2010 and 2019, the hottest decade on record, California's official data from death certificates attributed 599 deaths to heat exposure. But the Times found that the true toll is probably six times higher. An examination of mortality data from this period shows that thousands more people died on extremely hot days that would have been typically that would have been typical during milder weather. All told, the analysis estimates estimates that extreme heat caused about 3,900 deaths in California. And are the farm workers. Yeah. The people who work in the field, people who work outside are particularly vulnerable, and particularly when we're talking about farm workers who have virtually no other option except to go out into this extreme heat yeah, that, and work. And just old people, too. And, yeah. Old people oh, yeah. that are, yeah. are in their home, they can't move around very much, right. it gets hot, uh, and it, yeah. it just... Uh, yeah. It's just no good. The silent killer, they call the heat. Hey, remember when those insurrectionists tried to overthrow the they, duly elected yeah, government of the United States? I remember some of that. Back it. in January. Way back. They were beating on stuff. Yeah. Screaming. I hope this is a story I heard this week. I don't they, know what it's... They crush, which, yeah, crush crop, cops in doorways. Yeah, yeah. And, but they they love police. And, and, and rub their excrement on the... Yeah, on, they yeah, love yeah, law and order, yeah. those people. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Because I think it's well, the story you're going to tell me. I don't know. The January 6th insurrection appears to have had informants on the inside. There you go. Yeah. According to a current congressional investigation, the majority of the Capitol's 658 single-pane windows were quietly upgraded. Right? Yeah. In 2017 and 2019, the original wooden frames and glass were covered with a second metal frame cont uh, containing bomb-resistant glass. Okay. So it was heavy stuff. Yeah. But planners skipped about a dozen ground floor windows, including some located in doors because they deemed to be low risk in the event of an implosion. Right. What they're thinking. Largely due to their discreet or shielded location or because the building couldn't structurally handle the load of heavier frames. Okay. 
And just by coincidence, son of a gun, several of those vulnerable windows in two glass pane doors became easy entry points for hundreds of Trump supporters who overran and ransacked the building on January 6th. And, and they ran right past these yeah. other windows. Video shows some of the first riders to break through the police line running past the 15 force windows. Hey, yeah. 15 reinforced you know what, windows. You know what that was, Nathan? That was the hand of a higher power guiding them towards, really? and I'm talking about Trump. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen, brother. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Break those windows. Yeah. Find those windows. <laughs> Praise the Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Man, oh, man. They, come on. Th this, to me, is kind of a smoking gun. Yeah, it's one absolutely. of those pieces of information you go, there's no way that happened without somebody yeah. helping them. No way. Yeah. So they made a beeline for the recessed area on the Senate side of the building where two unreinforced windows and two doors were rein with re unreinforced glass were all that stood between them and the hallways leading to lawmakers inside who had not begun to evacuate. Praise the Trump. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is, I hope, going to come out in the hearings. That yeah, the, the, exactly. The, the select committee to investigate the January 6th attack is going right on right now. They're looking into this. They keep issuing subpoenas. Steve Bannon was issued one yeah, just the other day. Yeah. He's probably not going to show up. That Marjorie Taylor Green. May you burn in hell, Bobert. And he's probably laughing about it because he's a, well, we can't really say no, anything like that. No, we can't. No, we're under yeah. FCC. Um, yeah. Or, yeah, Federal Communication Commission. That would be yeah, 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 that's us. Yeah. yeah. So we can't. I, I, mean, I can't think of anyone more un American than him, really. You know, anybody in. I, Who are we what? talking about right now? Bannon. Yeah. There's a great documentary. I know you don't like me to bring this up, but called yeah, The Brink. Ahead. Called The Brink. Brink. And, it's, and it focuses on Bannon. And it follows him from here in America, kind yeah. of as, after he was forced out of the, the White House, over to Europe, where he was recruiting all these right-wing lunatics exactly. to, to take over the European Parliament. It's this kind of obscure governing body. And they're basically packing it with all these right-wing nut jobs that Putin is, is underwriting, financing. Yeah. And they're just going to destroy the, the Parliament, the European Parliament. That's, that's the goal, is to basically make it ineffective. Yeah. And and he was in a room of all these people recruiting them. I mean, essentially, he's such an Libertarians ass. Libertarians gone wild. He is. He's such an ass. The Ars Technica, from Ars Technica. Yeah. Not the Ars Technica. You've heard of Ars Technica, kind of a, a tech magazine. I have Joe not. Biden's vaccine mandate is being challenged in a lawsuit filed by four active U.S. Air Force officers, a secret agent, secret service agent, a border patrol agent, and four other federal employees and contractors. Yeah, his, his vaccine mandate. The lawsuit claims that convicted serial killers who have, had been, who have been sentenced to death received more respect than citizens who were required to take vaccines. Oh, my good God. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Come on. Yeah. Okay, don't, I'll tell you what, don't vaccinate your kids. Okay, you really feel this strongly about this stuff. Yeah. Give your kids freedom to choose yeah. at three, four years old. Yeah. Anything. Anything yeah. and everything. If they want to. This is where a country built on cocaine. freedom. Give freedom. them some cocaine. Give them some freedom right. cocaine. Give them some freedom power. If they want to have sex Powder. with a dog, let them have <laughs> let sex them. with a dog. It's freedom. Freedom it's bestiality. Freedom. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes. no, come, on. come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I know when you were going to say something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's not so much in favor of that last thing you said. The lawsuit alleges that the vaccine mandates forces service members, federal employees, and federal employees federal employees to inject themselves with a non-FDA approved, approved product. Well, it has been approved, at least the, the uh, Pfizer has been approved. And 
that's the way FDA works. The FDA is an old system that really isn't set up properly for the for the new age that we live in now, where we have viruses that are going to be coming at us probably once every three or four years that we need to come up something new with. They traditionally take years to test something. Yeah. And in that time, how many hundreds of thousands of people will die? You know, you, you, you take your chances on some things and it's not that much of a chance. The, how many people have gotten the vaccine in this country alone? There's millions. And how many deaths have you heard about? How many bad things happening? Let, let's, let's, Pretty much let's, nothing. let's look at the picture right now. Okay, okay, listen, there was a time in my life where there was not a conspiracy theory that I didn't repeat. Yeah. I mean, there was a time where I thought there was just so many different opportunities to say some crazy stuff yeah. about things. But... Look at this. Look at the picture right now. Yeah. The people who are dying are the unvaccinated. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Everybody, I, mean, I think everybody listening to the show gets it. Yeah. I, and I don't know I, how to communicate yeah. anything with, with people that don't because they're just so clouded. That's the sad part about reading this that this lawsuit is just BS. Yeah. From beginning to end, there's really nothing substantial here. In fact, people who have read this, uh, uh, the uh, law, yeah. experts i think they call themselves lawyers right. they look at this and uh, say the same thing there's really nothing to the lawsuit you know it's a it's the freedom of uh, religion yeah i, I think know, we it, I, I think we need to reframe how we look at all the, all of these crazy things that these people are saying yeah because it's patently untrue that the election the lie about the election being stolen and all these other things that are going on that we hear every day and we're constantly saying how can someone say that it's not true there I, I think we're at the point where the Republican Party is that what they're doing because they're not interested in governing they're not interested in trying to work with the Democrats and these anything significant they're creating content for Fox News yeah all of this stuff, all it does. And vice versa. Yes, but I, th I really think the this ecosystem is we'll say something crazy, we'll do something that's off the charts nuts, and Laura Ingram will be talking about it later on, uh -huh. reinforcing, and then they can say, oh, I heard on the news last night that that yeah. Batman is a girl. I mean, something, and and then we'll. It's just this is it. They're creating content for media to reinforce these crazy ideas. Yeah, you flood the system with shite. Is yeah, what you do. yeah. That's yeah. what they're not trying to govern. They're trying to generate a sort of a a, a news stream for all the Newsmax and Glenn Beck and John Sean Hannity. That's all they're doing now. And for what it's worth, these uh, this religious exemption. Yeah, that's BS too. Yeah, yeah. Because what's what's going on now is they're selling religious exemptions. You can join a church, yeah. and and get them to back you on. Well, he's be he believes in the Holy Spirit, and therefore he doesn't get vaccinated. Hey, from the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, this is kind of a big story this week that came out, and it will last for a while. But what are you going to do? Millions of leaked documents in the biggest journalism partnership in history have uncovered financial secrets of thirty-five and. And former of 35 current and former world leaders, more than 330 politicians and public officials in 91 countries and territories, and a global lineup of fugitives, con artists, and murderers. 
The Pentagon Papers revealed no, inner workings. Not the Pentagon. The, Pentagon. the Pandora Papers, sorry. Yeah, that's right. A lot of papers going around. Yeah. There was but, the Panama Papers. Yeah, I know. The that gets really confusing. Too yeah. many Ps. Can you break this up a little the bit? Pandora Papers reveal the inner, inner workings of a shadow economy that benefits the wealthy and well-connected at the expense of anyone, everyone else. And thing is, what's going on here is legal. Yeah, it's yes. legal. But what this exposes is just how twisted and warped the system That's is right. in favoring people with have a, they have a lot of money. And yeah, we kind of expect it, but not on this level. Right. We don't expect people to be this ignorant and cruel. They're the rich. Yeah. You know, you think we get a little bit of money, you wouldn't be so stupid and so greedy and so harmful to the rest of us. One, more, one uh, more dollar. Yeah. Yeah, the secret documents expose offshore dealings of the King of Jordan, the presidents of Ukraine, Kenya, and Ecuador, the Prime Minister of the Czech Republic, and former British Prime Minister Tony Blair. Of course. The files also detail financial activities of Russian President Vladimir Putin's unofficial Minister of Propaganda and more than 130 billionaires from Russia. Check that out. You want to know where Trump got his funding? I wonder if they're going to find anything. Yeah, and probably find a very direct connection in the Pandora Papers to the funding of Trump. The United States, Turkey, and other nations. The leaked oh, leak records reveal that many of the power players who could help bring an end to the offshore system instead benefit from it, stashing assets in covert companies and trust while their governments do little to slow a global stream of illicit money that enriches criminals and, and impoverishes nations. Yeah. And here's just an example. A document in the Pandora paper shows that banks around the world helped their customers set up at least 3,926. That would be close to 4,000 offshore companies with the assistance of Aleman, Cordero, Galando, and Lee. That's a Panamanian law firm led by a former ambassador to the U.S. The documents show that the firm, also known as Alcogal, I don't know if that's alcohol with a happy face on it, set up at least 312 companies in the British Virgin Islands for clients of the American financial services giant Morgan Stanley. Yeah. You know, the Panama Papers, which are kind of a precursor to this, yeah. came out. I remember them talking about the, this firm, this law firm that set up these shadow companies all and sheltered money. And they said it was the fourth largest firm that that did that. And in within the fourth largest firm, you had connections to Trump, Putin, all many of the same people that you just mentioned. So my question during that was, well, where are the other three? Do we know who they are? And if they're the fourth largest and you see the scale of money being laundered and hidden and all the rest of it, what does that say about the world we live in? I am of the opinion that I can't validate that there's more money floating around sort of unconnected to taxes and our banking system then there is money in the banking system at this point i think it's i think it's beginning if it hasn't already essentially eclipsed the amount of actual honest money if you will or you like to imagine these i things. well i just feels like it because they were talking it feels about like it. no they were talking about the black market yeah, you know yeah. drugs human trafficking all the rest of it uh and they were talking about it at this was five ten years ago they're talking about the scale of it being somewhere around 12 to 14 trillion dollars it's yeah. just gone. It's out there somewhere yeah. that nobody knows where and how it got there. From the Washingtonian, the Supreme Court summarily affirmed a ruling from a lower court that dismissed a case brought by residents of Washington, D.C. that sought full voting rights in the House of Representatives. 
which is a shame. They just, it was like two sentences. They just blew this whole argument off. But they said that it should be decided in Congress whether D.C. can have a real representatives rather than just their uh, so non-voting representative that they have right now. So they're not going to get representations, what you said. Yeah, according to the Supreme Court. They don't want to handle it. They just they said this isn't our this business. Is this is Congress. They should business. be a state. I know, really. I mean, just, come on. I know. I know. It's another. They don't have Democrat. a landfill, yeah. Nathan. Yeah, South Dakota is a state. I know. South Dakota is a state. Right. Really, really. It should yeah. be the Dakotas. Period. Yeah. If anything, yeah. they were the territories together. This was another congressional grab by the Republicans back in the 1800s to make South Dakota this a separate state from North Dakota. Right. Just so they could pick up another couple of Senate seats. Yeah. So let's let's do it now. Let's make D.C. A, a state and take away South Dakota, subtract it. Yeah. Add it to. North so you don't Dakota. have to change the stars. Yeah. Don't be fifty-one stars. People will freak out. What is that? <laughs> Seventeen times. Yeah. Well, that will save. Think of what you'll save in flag, uh, you know, costs around the country. Yeah. Is is fifty-one a it's prime economical. number? Economical. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. From the New York Times, for a year and a half, New Zealand has pursued, pursued a strategy of COVID zero policy, closing its borders and quickly enforcing lockdowns to keep the coronavirus in check. That's a policy it maintained even as other Asian Pacific countries transitioned to coexisting with the viral threat. But on Monday, New Zealand gave in. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, Jacinda Ardern acknowledged an end to the elimination strategy seven weeks into the lockdown that has failed to halt an outbreak of the Delta variant. She just said, uh, it's worse than we thought it would be. So there. So there. And I'll give you the quote of the week. We have a little well, time. Well, just before, okay. you, before you give us the quote of the week, I think I need one of those brain implants about right about now. Yeah. I think I need You're that. depressed? Thing. I feel it like just, I could maybe use that. Jacinda said, uh, I just don't know what to say. Kind of give up? I guess. To be hopeful in bad times is not just foolishly optimistic, Mike. Hmm. It is based on the fact that human history is a history not only of cruelty, but also of compassion, sacrifice, courage, and kindness. What we choose to emphasize in this complex history will determine our lives. If we see only the worst, it destroys our capacity to do something. If we remember those times and places, and there are so many, where people have behaved magnificently, this gives us the energy to act and at least the possibility of sending this spinning top of a world in a different direction. And if we do act, in however small a way, we don't have to wait for some grand utopian future. The future is an infinite succession of presence and to live now as we think human beings should live in defiance of all that is bad around us is itself a marvelous victory. That was Howard Zinn. Yep. Howard Zinn. Thank you, Howard. Thank you. And finally, a Russian actress and director were launched into space and boarded the International Space Station this Tuesday, aiming to shoot scenes for the first feature film made in orbit. Which brings up the question, why do I even read crap like this? <laughs> this is pure marketing. Well, it is pure marketing. Yeah. Well, now I have to know. Yeah. Who is the director? Does I don't know, and I'm not going to go on from there. You can, <laughs> on your damn film school, listen to that. It's crap. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com.
Subscribe now.